0: Perfect. Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart.
1: This is Patchwork Heart Ministries Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder.
2: Thanks, Adam, and welcome to this program. It is Young Catholics Respond, and I'm your host, Bill Snyder. It's a pleasure to have you joining us each and every week. For this program no matter how you're listening to it and i really encourage each and every one of you to visit our website patchworkheart.org for more information about our ministry we have lots and lots of things going on and i want to remind you that as the year kind of wraps up toward the end of this year uh, we know that year-end donations you begin to think about that and at patchwork heart ministry is a 501c3 uh, which means that you can uh, give charitably to our organization and be able to get the tax benefit of that. So please uh, consider in your giving this year as it wraps up to think about contributing to keep our radio show, to keep our ministry uh, on the air and uh, affecting hearts and souls out there. So really encourage you to pray about that. And of course, visit patchworkheart.org for more information on how to make the donation, or you can even do it online. So I really appreciate that. Uh, But today, I don't want to spend too much time talking about ourselves because I have a great guest and wonderful friend, Tom Mangan, uh, who is the author of Tending the Sacred Fire, uh, and it is a brand new book out there uh, by, by him, that's a little bit of an autobiography and a little bit of stories that uh, really highlight uh, his beautiful journey. And he's also the uh, director of the Ark and the Dove Retreat Center out in uh, Pittsburgh or near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in uh, Gibsonia, right, Tom? Isn't it Gibsonia, Pennsylvania? Uh-huh. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. So I got that small little town right. But, uh, I, you know, it's very exciting to have you on the program. And thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this brand new book. Well, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. And it's it's good
0: to be with you again. And uh, I'm excited to share whatever whatever the Lord puts on our hearts with the audience.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I really want to find out how this book came to be. Um, the, the, the title is so interesting, you know, Tending the Sacred Fire. What a, what a wonderful title.
0: Yes, um, I consider myself the reluctant uh, author. I, um, I wasn't really interested in writing a book. I, I went into Barnes & Noble one day, and as I'm looking around the, 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 the space there and seeing billions of books, so it seemed. I said to myself, Lord, we don't need another book. And uh, I had no desire to write a book. People were encouraging me to put something in print, and I really resisted it. And I was even resisting the Holy Spirit when he kind of told me, I want you to put something in writing. And and I delayed in it, actually. And then one day, (coughs) excuse me, I was... Going to confession, and I just said to the priest, I said, you know, Father, my biggest sin is that the Holy Spirit is inspiring me to write, and the desire's not there. Um, I don't think we need another spiritual book. Uh, it seems to me all the best authors have said everything I could ever say, but I'm confessing it as a sin because He wants me to do it. So. I've decided with your prayers and with your forgiveness that I'll begin to do that. And that's how I got into writing it.
2: Wow, that's, that's impressive. Uh, I, I've never heard a book story begin in the confessional, but um, <laughs> wow, there you go. That's, uh, that's how it began. Uh, so, so tell us, uh, what was the inspiration uh, that, that led you to compose the book in the way you did?
0: Well, what I did was
2: um, I
0: decided that uh, i have been uh, steeped in prayer, daily prayer, for many, many years. And to me, if I have anything to say, it's going to have to come out of my prayer time. So the book is really based on my prayer time and what I feel, what I sense, that the Holy Spirit has uh, enlivened in me. And I come up with the idea of tending the sacred fire. Originally, I was going to call it building the, the holy fire uh, or something like that. And I come up with the tending of it because uh, the holy fire is really God's fire. And I believe my job through prayer time and liturgy and attending the sacraments, and so on, is my opportunity to tend to that fire, to keep that fire going. Uh, I think it's the Lord who started the fire. It's up to me to manage it at some level, and prayer time is the place where I most readily do that. So in the book, uh, another thing I should tell you is I decided to make the book short, because I don't I don't think that the people of today read an awful lot. I think we watch stuff. We spend time at the computer and in other media. And, and so I thought, whatever I have to say is going to have to be short and sweet. It's got to be readable. It's got to be something in short little spurts. So what I did is, uh, in the earlier part of the book, I just unload on my story and what's important to my life and how I got where I was in terms of baptism in the Holy Spirit and receiving the Holy Spirit. And I came to the conclusion that God pursued me more than I pursued him. And then I asked the question, if you found something like finding the Lord, finding baptism in the Holy Spirit, once you found it, is it necessary to keep pursuing it? And the answer to me is yes. Yes. So many people have an experience, and then the experience goes unattended, and it wanes. And I thought, I need to pursue that which I found. And I found Jesus Christ. I found the Holy Spirit. And I need to keep that relationship resilient. I need to keep it alive. And I need to do everything I can to tend to that fire so it doesn't die and become so many embers. And that's the, that's the whole point of the book. And so after I tell my personal story, I just go into various aspects of things that I think about and thought about and was, was inspired about through my prayer time.
2: Yeah, you know, it's so interesting that you really highlight that tending of the fire, And doing that through prayer and doing that through uh, attending the sacraments and everything. Because, you know, I have recently kind of prayed about that myself, Tom. And I've really thought about what it looks like when we have the experience. We're in a culture of experiences. And especially young people today that I've encountered when it comes to uh, in fact I was in Spiritual Direction this past weekend about it. Uh, I said to my spiritual director, you know, I've encountered young people that say, Oh, I had my experience of God. That I'm good, I'm gonna move on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, what like what's what's the problem? like there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with like, okay, I've had my God moment and then now I'm done. Now I've graduated from that experience. I, I for some for some reason in in my heart that doesn't resonate with me really well. It's like why are you why aren't you pursuing this more? Why aren't you tending to the fire of the God that created you? And I think it's a large piece of you know lack of catechesis or lack of understanding of who God is that he that he wants to just be with us and and know us intimately and and keep pursuing us constantly. And and so Amen. I but but I love the title of this book because tending the fire uh means that you have to constantly do it i'm not you know i i i'm not shy I'm, I'm an eagle scout i say it quite a bit you know um and and i got the fire chip and i got the to- you know, totem chip and all those different things and in order to keep a fire going you have to keep feeding it wood you know you can't
1: absolutely
2: or something you know you can't just not keep putting wood in the fire right and so you know yeah, i compare it i compare it
0: to marriage too i think some people are working toward marriage, they get married, and then they don't continue to build on the relationship. It's ultimately vital if you're going to stay married. And and uh, the, the thing that I discovered was this, is that the incarnation, the coming of Jesus in the flesh, the giving of the Father to the earth, his son Jesus, it's Emmanuel, God with us. And so I thought about and prayed about, God is with me. The question then is, am I with him? And that's the other half of the story. And that's why the book. I mean, I'm trying to say through the book, Lord, you came and you are Emmanuel, God, with me. I need to be Tom with you.
2: Yeah. Yeah absolutely we have to we have to do the other half god god does it for us he steps down out of heaven right we're we're getting ready for advent getting ready for christmas and he does the first half completely he, he comes exactly. to us but just like the three kings just like you know all the shepherds that went to into the the uh the the manger in Bethlehem, we got to travel to meet him. We got to go the other way, like halfway, you know? Absolutely. And, and, if, and if the Lord
0: we... wants us to be more with him because he wants us more than we want him. And we have to build on that desire and drive. And when when the scripture says, knock and and, and seek and find and all those different things, that's not a one-time effort. That's meant to be present, continuous. Keep finding him. Keep seeking him. Keep knowing him. And that's the other thing I'm trying to say in the book too: is to love God, you got to know Him. To know Him, you have to be tending the fire. You need to be building the relationship.
2: Yeah. No. It that is so beautiful, Tom. It's uh, a pleasure to have you on the the line with me today, talking about this book. It is uh, again, it is tending the fire. You can find it at KarisPublishing.com. And, uh, Tom, you know, 13 minutes flies by so fast. (laughs) It does. (laughs) And and, uh, what I want to do is I want to take that break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to continue our conversation and even talk a little bit about uh, the Ark and the Dove, too, because I know that that's very close to your heart, and it's something that people can experience. They can experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They can experience um, where it be- all began, uh, in, uh, in 1967. So we're going to be, uh, right back after these short messages here on Young Catholics Respond. Don't change the dial if you're listening on the air. And if you're not listening on the air and you're listening on the podcast, uh, keep running, keep driving, keep doing whatever you're doing. And we'll be back in just a few minutes, right back after these messages here on Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder.
1: Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147. Or visit PatchworkHeart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at PatchworkHeart.org. Our Blessed Mother wants only the best for her children and has given us a special place where she promises to help all those who appeal to her motherly love and protection, telling St. Juan Diego that, "...here I will alleviate the sufferings of all those who love me and seek my protection." That holy place is now the site of the beautiful Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. If you would like to learn more about how you can visit this special place of grace, please visit VivaGuadalupe.org for more information. Our Lady may be calling you now.
2: Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it.
1: Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. I'm Bill Snyder. Today, my guest is Tom Mangan. He is the author of Tending the Sacred Fire, uh, which is a brand-new book out uh, by Karis Publishing. And we spent the first half of the episode talking with him all about the, uh, the, the book and about you know how it came to be and the fact that we need to tend to the relationship with our God constantly. And one of the things that uh, comes to mind in my own life, and, and probably a lot of yours, is we've had that God moment. We've had that experience of Jesus. Uh, you want to call it the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Whatever you want to call that moment in your life where you had that conversion experience to know him deeper, and it's like your whole soul was lit up on fire, right? But, but the difficult challenge comes when you get back home from that experience or you you return you know three or four weeks down the line and things start to become discouraging again you know Tom you know I, I think there's a lot of people out there that have maybe experienced that I know I did in my life um, how do you how do you keep pressing in when there's when it seems like you know you're not getting that same um, same experience of God even though he's still present even though that fire is still there but you're not you not feel the heat of it how do you press in and could become closer to that fire again. Well, let me say, first of all, that I think the manifest presence
0: of the Holy Spirit isn't for some select few. I think it's for all of us. And I think, speaking to your young listeners, I don't think that I'm any more holy than they are. And I think we get sold when we read some of the fantastic testimonies of people like Mother Teresa that have extreme calls, calls that we'll never have. But we do have a call. It may not be as huge or as impacting on the world as somebody like that. But we have a call to be more of what we are called to be as Christians. And that manifest presence is available to each and every one of us. And I think what we need to do is realize that and to do that. In the book, one of the things I don't do is I don't tell people how to pray or what to pray. I only tell them to pray um I don't I don't know if you can pray five minutes, ten minutes, an hour or two or whatever, but what I think w- what we need to do is pray every day and pray regularly. The key to being a disciple of Jesus Christ is to have a certain kind of discipline. I think the most important discipline is to pray daily. And so I make it a point to have a daily prayer time. Uh, and, and, that's, and and I don't substitute that for daily liturgy. I think daily liturgy is excellent. But that's not the same as me having my time in a very private, personal way. Now, I'm not saying that personal prayer is uh, the sum as the Eucharist is. It's not. It's not the sum and total of, of uh, the, the highest form of prayer. But personal prayer is important. And once we can build that, even if we do it five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, That's where you want to start. You just want to say, I'm going to have a personal time with the Lord, and I'm going to build on it. And, you know, five minutes is just fine. Ten minutes, just fine. If you can do 15, by all means do that. That's what I think is really important. And we need to do that consistently. I've always told people a bad prayer time is still better than no prayer time. You're going to pray. You're going to be distracted. You're going to think other thoughts, but Keep going back to, wait a minute, I'm off track. Get back to, if it helps to do rote prayers, use rote prayers, but also speak from the heart. And I think that, that just being honest before the Lord, Lord, I don't know how to pray. I'm not sure I know what to say. We'll begin there. And, and that's what I think is the most important thing. And um, there's millions of people like you and me, Bill, who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're not special. We're ordinary people. When you reference the um, the Duquesne weekend, the people that made that weekend and the ones that were baptized in the Holy Spirit were not special people. They were ordinary seekers, people who just said, "You know, my faith is here. I wish it were there. I'm going to go to this retreat and see what God can do." And the Holy Spirit visited them. There was nothing very empowering or great about them. That's that's the truth with us too and the way that we can uh, m- maintain a relationship is to first of all build one on a regular basis and then keep it up in some kind of form uh, a simple form would be taking the term acts acts of the apostles a for adoration c for contrition t for thanksgiving and an s for supplication adoration we praise him contrition we say lord i'm a sinner please touch me and help me and Make me a better person. I'm really sorry for my sins, just like you would do when you go to confession. And T is Thanksgiving. You know, we have so much going for us. We should be thankful for any little or great blessing that we've received. And then supplication, to pray for needs that we have personally, needs that we've heard about from friends. One other point that I'll make, and and then I want to hear from you, Bill, is uh, read Scripture on some kind of regular basis. You know, go to the lectionary and find out what the readings of the day are, or go to the internet and sign up for uh, what the readings are on a daily basis from the uh, the website of the the you know the bishop's website in our country, and then you know just say I'm going to read scripture every day, and, and by doing that we gain knowledge of God, and then by building knowledge we love Him. So those are some of the pointers, some of the basics that I would say. And I'm not trying to give the five easy steps. I'm just saying pray, read scripture, and do it on a regular basis, little bits at a time. It'll increase over time and you'll be good.
2: Yeah, I think you're spot on. And I think for a lot of young people, that's attractive uh, to, to, to know that this, this isn't necessarily something that is so complicated that you can't do it. I think that we often overcomplicate things uh, in our world too, quite a bit, and we, we overthink sometimes how we need to encounter the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. It doesn't have to be in some big grand way. It can just be simply by doing those uh, methods of prayer, those modes of prayer. Adoration, uh, contrition, thanksgiving, and supplication. And if if you're able to do that, you know, even if you spend one minute or, or five minutes every day just doing that, you've made a difference in your relationship with God. You know, I mean, like, absolutely. And you know, reading absolutely. reading scripture is so important too, right? I mean, all the things that you have, you know, highlighted for us. You know, five minutes a day. It's you don't have to make this so complicated. And and now is a great time to get involved. Um, with with prayer because we're at the you know at the beginning of the liturgical season right i mean we end the liturgical season on a bang uh or the liturgical you're a bang with jesus christ the king this weekend but then advent begins a fresh a brand new start and you have the opportunity to 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 do this you know and Absolutely. and enter into it really enter into it um yeah i think one of the uh, i
0: think one of the misnomers is when we read some of the the classics and some of the, or hear about some of the great Christians and the great, uh, you know, people, men and women of prayer, uh, you know, in our church tradition, you know, we think, well, I could never do that. And, and it seems, you know, impossible. It seems daunting at the very least. Well, spirituality is for all of us. And, you know, some of the great saints, their prayers were simple, sometimes just in silence, sometimes just sitting there trying to figure out what, the, you know, what the next word is and just
2: praying their heart out. And I think that trumps any kind of great faith. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with you that uh, it, it, it is truly a lie. It is truly a lie that holiness is impossible for you it is totally possible 100% possible that holiness is possible for you the person listening to this here whoever's listening uh, you're listening with a group of people driving in the car it's possible for all of you um, absolutely and and we can encounter that I the other thing I love that you talked about and and you know I I just love the maturity of the way you talk about it is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit is available to everyone you know I yeah. I always struggle with how to say, you know, the Holy Spirit's working in my life. The Holy Spirit's working in your life. No, it's the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. And um, that is so beautiful how you uh, are able to articulate that. And remember that the Holy Spirit can manifest Himself in the world and in your life right now. Um, and well, well, get this, get this. The Holy
0: Spirit was given to you in baptism. The, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit was entrusted to a small baby. I mean, that should tell us something about the simplicity of how God wants to move in us. And the pursuit begins with baptism and the pursuit never ends. He keeps after us and after us through liturgy, through the other sacraments, through prayer time, going to prayer meetings. And here's another strong suit that that you need to say, and it's a part of this, is you, you hang around with, and build personal relationship with people who are pursuing that same goal to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to tend to the fire. And that's what you need. You need to have people around you who are seekers, finders, and they keep pursuing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Get the community, build the community, and it's easier to keep a fire going if you got two or three people with you, right? It just totally, it's so much easier, yeah. right? Uh, you're
0: right. That's absolutely right.
2: Yeah, abs- you know? yeah, absolutely. Tom, the book is uh, "Tending the Sacred Fire," uh, and it's available through CarriagePublishing.com. And it's the first book available through Carriage Publishing. Uh, you want to just briefly touch on how that came to be, uh, and it's it's just a beautiful uh, a beautiful thing. Yes, uh, I was uh, looking for someone that I wanted.
0: To, I didn't want to just print up a book and get it out there. I wanted to uh, write something that would be God-exalting in form and in in content. And so uh, I worked on it hard. I edited it heavily. I had uh, another editor just look at it and go over it very precisely and make uh, suggestions to me. And then I went to Karis Publishing, because uh, Matt Bourgeois, who, who runs that, is a friend of mine and I liked his graphic work, and I said, let's see what we can do with this. What do you think? If you're not interested, that's fine. He was very interested, and then we went ahead with the project. And it, it took about six or eight months to be able to get the book out.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, I know it takes a little bit of time uh, to always get them out, but the good news is it is out, and all you have to do is head right over to to um, to make that uh, purchase. And uh, it's a great holiday gift for uh, people. It's a great way to spark your own faith as well. Uh, if you've liked listening to Tom, I really encourage you to go over to charispublishing.com. That's C-H-A-R-I-S, publishing.com, and uh, grab a copy of the book. In in two minutes, Tom, <laughs> that we have left, I just want you to give a quick invite to people for the uh, Ark and the Dove website, too, and, and talk a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, thank you, Bill. Uh, Very quickly, the Ark and the Dove, as many of you know, was the birthplace of Catholic Charismatic Renewal, and the uh, Duquesne Weekend was what kicked it off. Many people think that the Duquesne Weekend happened at Duquesne University in downtown Pittsburgh, when in reality it happened out in the north hills of Pittsburgh in a very scenic area, very wooded, rustic area. And the two buildings there, the, the bigger one, the Ark, and the smaller one, the dove, is where uh, uh, the weekend took place. And uh, what happened there was monumental to say the least. And we've had the opportunity in 2015 to purchase it uh, for the renewal. And we would like to welcome everybody. When people come, we just say, welcome home, because this is your home. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit or going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Ark and the Dove is where you belong. It's your house. And you're welcome to come for personal prayer, for retreats, to come and visit. And we have people from all over the world. And in the last year, we've had close to 3,000 people coming, visiting. And a lot of those people come from around the world. So that gives you an idea of what how important the place is to uh, Catholic Charismatics.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Tom, um... Ark and the Dove website, real quick, give it to us because uh, I know it's a long website. It's
0: Ark and the Dove Worldwide Inc. Uh, WorldwideInc.org, and uh, you could, if you just put world, uh, you know, Ark and the Dove Worldwide, you'll be able to find us.
2: Awesome, yeah. Google Ark and the Dove Worldwide. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for your time. It's always um, a, a blessing sitting around the fire and and stoking the Holy Spirit into flame with you. Uh, even though uh, the distance is a little far right now. Thanks so much for being here and doing that. Well, thank you for having
0: me. I really appreciate it, Bill.
2: Of course. Well, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart.
1: You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.